0: Hello, and welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings toward our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Do we still have to say a Game of Thrones podcast anymore? Or can we just drop that now? <gasps> oh, we should. We should. <laughs> we should. we should just <laughs> really see. should. Um, hi, I am Chicky. Um, I am joined tonight by Guile.
1: Hi, I'm Guile. I tweet at Door Podcast.
0: And Clotho.
2: Hi, I'm Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter.
1: And
0: we are at least I'm thrilled <laughs> to be beginning our reread of Jamie and Brienne's book chapters tonight with um, the first Jamie chapter from a storm of swords, which is actually the first real chapter of a storm of swords. That isn't the prologue. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll give our usual warnings for, you know, trigger warnings for rape discussions of rape. Um, and we're going to, s- spoil everything what's left to spoil at this point like what is the spoiler
1: warning in this in this world now if someone if one of us gets the like unreleased manuscript of the winds of winter <laughs> which is like, getting that notice. would be pretty much <laughs> be it
0: well, i guess we're spoiling everything because everything that exists ended with the show so um anyway spoilers for does the, the show exist though does it <laughs> best possible no. question <laughs> okay so i guess we can just dig right in um i god i cannot read jamie's first chapter without just wanting to like read the entire thing out loud because he's just so (laughs) basically poetic from like the very beginning i mean um you get this thing of him (laughs) Maybe I should give some some setup for this. So this is this is this is Jamie's first chapter after he's been released from the River Run d- dungeons by Cat, and they have this kind of monumental discussion at the end of Clash. That of course Brienne overhears where Jamie admits to sleeping with Cersei and being the father of all her kids, and he admits to chucking Bran out the tower window, and he you know really kind of <laughs> shows no remorse for having killed Eris, All of which. Made a pretty bad impression on Brienne, so that's probably a good a good way to talk about the beginning of this chapter. But so we have Jamie just like he's drunk first of all, <laughs> but also drunk on sunlight. But he's actually drunk on wine too, which really makes for a great atmosphere. I feel, <laughs> um, and uh, he kind of is is looking Brienne over and comparing her to. <laughs> Cersei, but also just admiring her generally really great muscles, and um, I don't know, do you, do you guys have as many
1: feelings about the first, like, few paragraphs of this chapter as <laughs> I do? Well, I mean, just the, you know, the wind was fragrant through his hair, I'm trun- I'm, a, you know, obviously we love the I'm alive and drunk on sunlight quote, but just you know, the the rivers running beneath him, the sun, it, like, he's just so freaking happy to be out of the dungeon, you know he's just sort of you know he might it might be like the wine talking a little bit but it's also just he's you know he is genuinely happy in this moment and and you
2: know george has a lot of those moments where very descriptive and there's poetry that i, f- I feel like there's so much in, i don't know i mean we're just biased but i feel like there's so much more in javies than even in other characters because you know a lot of them are more bland or you know like a at Davos, you know, I don't think his chapters are full of little things like you know.
1: <laughs> he's, I mean, Jamie's super not bland. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I would say Jamie's first few chapters are. It's like as entertaining as Tyrion's chapters, yes. but without as much like bitterness and misogyny because yeah. of oh, course Jamie like, has a lot more privilege
2: than yeah, Tyrion, he's, and he's hilarious too. Like it's so like I just laugh at ever. It's hilarious. It's you know. Just and oh, he has such
1: he's a, funny he has such a rich inner dialogue, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. he's funny in what he says, but then, you know, he's, he's not always funny in his... I mean, he's kind of... Actually, he is funny in his thoughts, too. <laughs> I was thinking about some of his comments about Cleo, so that he is kind of funny. Yes.
0: Some of his thoughts yeah. are funnier than his dialogue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he's...
1: Yeah, I mean, some, somewhere along the line... And, you know, again, it goes, you know, way wait in the future when we meet Jenna and you know she's you, know, you smile like Jerry and we know that Jerry's kind of was the family jokester, you know and it's just such up until this it's up until this point we've kind of seen Jamie as this monster and you know getting in his head is just you know not at all what <laughs> you expect from a monster. It's not like he's a funny monster. He's yeah, like, oh yeah. just like funny without the monster part.
0: Well, his head just is not a dark
1: place. Yeah. No. Mm. Not well, right now, anyway. He's like a mirror. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of a miracle in a way. Like, he really should. He's pretty <laughs> fucked up, but he should be yeah. more, you know? Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
0: he's kind of. Just kind of starts the chapter out trying to assess Brienne. Of course, they're rowing down the river away from River Run. Um, it's Jamie. Jamie's cousin Cleos Frey, who we will come to know and love, and of course Jamie. And um, Jamie is is really trying to figure Brienne out at the beginning of the chapter, um, and so he he kind of he, he's he tries to start things off politely with her, but it really quickly goes south um, because she he calls her Lady Brienne, but then she immediately calls him Kingslayer because what you kind of will figure out as you go through the chapters, she she just hates him. Like, she cannot stand him. He's everything that is, like, wrong in her eyes. And um, their dynamic is just combative from the beginning. I love the the kind of first initial conversation that, that they have where it just kind of keeps going from bad to worse. It's like, he calls her Lady Brienne, she calls him Kingslayer, then he calls her Winch, and then she... <laughs> she's calling him Kingslayer again, and they get into this whole thing, and eventually it ends up with him basically, like, saying <laughs> yeah, prove to me that you're not a woman. Like, take off your clothes and everything. Um, and
2: Cleo's is like, please, like, please stop, Cleo, stop! Please stop! Please <laughs> stop! Don't do this! He's just, you know, kind of... he, You know, he's so hilarious, because you, you don't get that in the show, and I love his sort of, you know, he's trying to trying well, he's to the, Like, he's down. the
1: foil, you know, yeah. for for them you know like if i mean if he wasn't there she probably I mean, at this point would briette have just like let it escalate that much you know because i mean one of them to was gonna up. end up in the end up in the river
0: <laughs> you know i don't know that cleos gets enough credit for maybe yeah. keeping both of them alive yeah in the beginning yeah. that that is probably true yeah
2: I, I don't think he 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 kind of got a bad rap like I, even from Jamie. I'm like Jamie's a little harsh with him. I like Cleos. <laughs> well,
1: and, you know, I actually tried to refresh my memory of of Cleos because I so I, I remember we see him in Tyrion's chapters too. But you know, Cleos. It's sort of weird that Jamie doesn't know him. Like he should know him. He grew yeah, he yeah. You know, grew up at the Rock. It's I assume of, he's yeah. sort of just given the age you know that he has kids. I kind of assume that he's somewhere around Tyrion's age probably but you know he so Cleos was captured at the Whispering Wood then he was sent as an envoy to to King's Landing and you know on their trip they were attacked and like several of their party were killed and you know he went there on the promise that he would basically come back to his imprisonment so he comes back and he's part of the party where Tyrion um, hit the men to help Jaime escape which Cleos didn't know about so you know, and then now he's going back again. So he's yeah. like, this is his third trip through what we, what yeah. we start to see in the chapters is like really like this hellacious war zone. Yes, and, you know, yeah. He's like a pretty brave, for you know, yeah. He's afraid, and he's not, you know, he's not attractive, blah blah blah, but he's actually like a pretty brave dude in the scheme of things
2: yeah i mean like you pointed out if he made it that many times he has reason to be that scared you know what i
1: mean like he's probably seen some shit yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm sure he's totally seen some shit yeah i mean the only shit jamie's seen at this point is like his His own own in a pocket cell oh man
2: yeah i thought it was oh, oh and that was kind of i think it's from the very beginning part where he was thinking about like uh, he mentions that um and i know we know it's his sword that swears but i think it was interested that they mentioned her sword like he says the wench's sword but like brienne's sword was pointed at pointed at his heart so i don't know maybe i'm reading too much into that but i thought that was pretty oh, cool when he when made he the oath yeah, oath, yeah and everything. it's like his yeah. sword was pointed directly at his
1: heart <laughs> i thought it was interesting that the the particular oath that he made regarding the girls was that he would compel his brother to release them. So it's actually, like, not an oath that he ever could have, like, he can never keep that. Like, he never had an opportunity to keep that oath. So it's like, there is no oath. He he or Brienne never made a specific oath to, like, get the girls back. It was to compel Tyrion. (laughs) So (laughs) technically, it's not... He is I think under he, no and, obligation. he and
0: Brienne are honoring the spirit of the oath. assume well.
1: <laughs> right not the letter of it but you know just to as a Jamie defender you often come across very technical details that are held against him <laughs> and yeah, I just wanted to point this one out <laughs>
0: yeah. well good job because it's probably necessary <laughs>
1: Yeah, you gotta be a lawyer if you're a Jamie fan I feel like
0: you <laughs> actually do um, so we kind of go through basically Jamie's getting to know Brienne. He like finds out, okay, how is it? You know, like, okay, you're from Tarth. How come you're serving? You know, the Starks. And she's like, I serve Lady Catelyn, and all of this stuff. And they they kind of get each other's story, and she tells him that she was in Renly's Kingsguard, which he finds really really funny. Um, I mean, for a lot of reasons, including that that Renly called his Kingsguard the Rainbow Guard, but.
1: <laughs> um. i think just it's really that george claims like that he you know didn't mean it in like a uh, you know reference to Renly being gay and it's like yeah yeah t- oh, t- t- oh. it funny if you didn't of course he did right like you knew what you were doing <laughs> i love it
0: when jamie's like oh was it you and six other girls And like yeah. just cannot <laughs> let anything go and it's funny because he keeps telling himself he's like Oh, I'm not going to make fun of her. It would be too easy. And then, Somebody like, within
1: paragraphs.
0: <laughs> he's making fun of her. Because she just, like, gets his goat every time.
1: She fights back, too. You know, like, she's... Oh, yeah. Really comb- like, she's really combative with him. It's certainly not one way.
0: Oh, yeah, no, she hates him. This is... I. It's funny. I, I can't remember what the discussion was on Tumblr, but I, I think it was on Tumblr. I said something the Probably. other day where I was just like... <laughs> I think part of the reason that he might have, like, been intrigued by her is that she might be about the first woman on Earth who actually hated him and didn't want to fuck him Mm -hmm. the first time that she saw him. I wonder if that might be part part of it, Mm -hmm. That's something new and different for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, sometimes I feel like Jamie doesn't even, like, recognize that. I think it's so ubiquitous
0: that he doesn't comment on it. So is maybe what I it think.
1: was like more of a yeah,
2: shock that, that somebody be. he noticed that somebody wasn't.
0: You know, maybe that's always <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, she hates him so much, mm-hmm. which is why it's so funny that there's this like, I don't know. There's a lot of commentary and fandom about how abusive he is to her, and I'm like, she started it and she keeps it going. <laughs> I mean, like, there's no. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, she's the first. That and she has
1: some yeah that abusive like have you never seen a rom-com jesus people come on (laughs) that's quite a reach so anyway it occurs
0: to jamie that he probably should try to uh disguise himself so he he ends up having cleos shave him uh, shave his head bald and um kind of clean up his beard a little bit um and he he, a few times in this chapter kind of notices the physical changes in himself like he hadn't quite recognized them before in the dungeon he thinks he's thinner and he looks older new lines on his face when he looks in the water and everything Um, and it was really cool we have some fan art that someone did for this chapter to kind of go along with our reread that shows bald Jamie and I don't think there's much art of bald Jamie I, I was trying to remember if I'd ever seen it before have you guys? I think there was one years ago, but it was
2: more like, it wasn't completely bald. I think it was the one yeah. from the, band. like, yeah, they are like short, but I don't know if I remember like a completely bald.
1: I think the closest yeah, I've seen is short. the person that did the little capsule illustrations of Jamie and Cersei's chapters and Feast. And there, oh, okay. you know, Jamie's got did the she real, she
0: might have done a bald I don't one. know
1: if she did a bald, but she, you know, he's real short hair um, and, a, you know, real short hair and a beard, you know, much, Maybe maybe in the very first feast chapter when he's um, standing vigil over Tywin, you know, like he, you know, kind of looks maybe a little bit more like what he would actually look like here.
2: They were trying to overpress the bold Jamie, so that's what nobody ever. But it's cool. I love that she did that, and it's an awesome picture. I love like the side yeah.
1: art. it's so really, it was, the style is nice. Um, mm-hmm. I think her name is Charlotte Floriano, and it's on our it's on our Tumblr and our Twitter. Yeah, um, check it out. Yeah, and. Uh, it looks like she is hopefully um, providing new images as as we move along, so if, um, many, sweet. much to look forward to.
0: <laughs> She's very talented.
1: Yeah. So, they kind
0: of go along the river, and Brienne famously sees these women hanging in a tree um, and and basically pulls over <laughs> and wants to go bury them. She's very upset that these women have been killed in this way, and this is, I think, one of the things that was a little bit lost with show Brienne and that I love that George does with Brienne. And that is that, you know, Brienne doesn't have a problem with other women. Like, she's she doesn't hate women. She doesn't, mm. you know, it's, it's by an in And, like, these are clearly women who, you know, may have been tavern wenches, I suppose, in the vernacular of the, the books. Mm. But she's very upset by the fact that they were hanged. Yeah. Um, and so she goes to... to bury them and there are these kind of cool lines where she and Jamie exchange this thing about her not wanting anyone to be a feast for crows and um, it's such kind of funny foreshadowing I feel like of what her own chapters will be like do you think George had even resolved that that he was going
1: to give her a POV at this point? Maybe, I mean I don't know know. you know if he had had you know, it seems like he... It almost seems like... You know, he, he obviously had Stoneheart by this time. You know, well, obviously we're in, in Storm. Of course he yeah, did. So, I mean, he had Stoneheart by know. the time he created Brienne. And I think it's... You know, I think to connect a major character to Stoneheart, it, he probably realized it had to be either Jamie or... You know, either okay. Jamie or Brienne in, in Feast, right? Like, there wasn't really... anyone else that it would be and yeah i mean yeah uh, and
2: that would be interesting to think that if he did know he was going to do that why didn't he 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 give her any chapters you know you know even like a couple in this you know
1: in this yeah Yeah. Yeah. he wasn't quite so liberal about adding povs maybe
2: yeah yeah maybe because yeah it was
1: first sam in storm right or sam in Clash, yeah
0: yeah, it's Sam and Jamie I think are the new ones in this book. Okay. And I think it's I think it's the success with Jamie that kind of <laughs> made George feel like he was able yeah. to add as many more as he would begin after, <laughs> adding after that point way beyond what he should. Has but.
1: anyone read any contemporary reviews of of Storm of Swords that like particularly got into, you know, adding Jamie as a POV? Um, I haven't for many years but I did at the time and okay. I talk about
0: this quite a bit mm. with Storm that, that was you know I mean Storm Storm was kind of uh, definitely considered George's best at the time that he put it out and mm. okay. it was kind of the, the book that put the entire series on the map and I don't know that I ever read anyone talking about it or heard anyone talking about it that didn't immediately talk about Jamie's chapters being one of the major reasons that That's it's cool. so good yeah so um yeah this is why i'm I'm always like if you think that george doesn't care that you know the the show did what they did to jamie of course he does because jamie is one of the things that he's been most praised for um that's gotta hurt and
1: it this it wasn't it storm that lost out on a hugo to the goblet of fire and he was pretty salty about that from
0: yeah from what i recall oh and i mean
1: gosh. i'll be fair like i think the goblet of fire is a great book so <laughs> i don't you know like they both certainly have iconic chapters let's say and i could make an argument for either well i th- i think you know but i
0: mean that that that'll, that alone is a sign of just how successful yeah, I shouldn't no, say yeah, successful. How well like received yeah. the book was within within genre circles that he he knows he would have won if it weren't for J.K. Rowling. That's pretty <laughs> because yeah, impressive. Because that was how much people loved Storm <laughs> of Swords. I mean, yeah. it's not all Jamie A lot of right. Cool I mean, there's all there's the a
1: climax to
0: to so many red wedding, purple yeah. wedding, tons yeah. of bullshit. Cool yeah. yeah.
1: So many stories. Yeah. But you but, know, just I'll go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, but Jamie's chapters are definitely considered one of the highlights. Or they were. I mean, I don't know anymore
1: what people think. Oh, it's so funny. That such a prologue, which is you know, Chet's prologue at the at the Fist of the First Men to, you know, Jamie. I mean, you go from you know the Chet peeing himself because the horn sounded three times to, you know, Jamie on the gentle. Boat on the Riverlands. I'm alive and drunk. And it's such a again like such a contrast between you know between that which is always interesting like the way that he you know the way that he decides to order chap you know order chapters and even the end of the book you know the end of the book with Stoneheart like oh god ends like I mean it starts off terrifying and it ends fucking terrifying (laughs) you know then there's Jamie in the middle I mean he goes through this. You know, horrible ordeal but you know his last POV is all about you know whatever he chose and you know granted obviously he has a big part of Tyrion's final chapter but I mean you know just from his POV is sort of this like horrible you know the horrible thing in the middle and then kind of him crawling back from it so it's just it's so it almost doesn't fit the rest of the book in a way like I guess maybe because the rest a lot of the rest of the book is stories ending and his is you know yeah, the beginning, wrapping up.
0: Well, I mean, I really think George brought Jamie in because he knew, you know, obviously he was about to lose Cat, who was yeah. one of the biggest POV characters. We talk about a lot about George's, you know, five: Danny, John, and Tyrion, and uh Arya and Bran. But you know, like, well, Danny, John, and Tyrion have a lot of chapters, but you know, Arya and Bran, well, Arya is pr- pretty high up there, but. You know, they, they don't necessarily have the most. I mean, Catelyn and Ned had a ton. You know, I mean, like they, yeah. there were there were a lot of POVs who actually were, were bigger parts of the books than the main five that everyone talks about. And I think George knew he was losing Cat, and he knew he was going to need to bring someone else in, and he definitely needed to get a new POV in King's Landing since he knew he was going to send Tyrion away. And so he comes up <laughs> with this idea of bringing Jamie in, which I think he must... He must have started Clash at least knowing he was gonna do a Jamie POV. I kinda of think he might have known before he even finished Game of Thrones. Yeah. And um, you know, so Jamie is brought in to be a major character. I mean, to be a major POV. It's pretty you know it's a pretty big introduction, you can tell.
1: And then I think he fell yeah, he fell in love with you know, Jamie and Brienne. And I mean, we've talked about this before, with you know, Feast basically being a book about, you know, about them you know, about Jamie, Cersei, and Brienne. I mean, obviously, there's other parts of it as well, but I mean, a giant chunk. Are there? I I know it doesn't seem like it, <laughs> <laughs> but apparent apparently there's like a bunch of Dorn chapters and Just um, don't remember. I know and you know some Ironborn stuff so. <laughs> okay well
0: speaking of feast one of the cool things too that george does here with where the spot where the the women have been hanged is that it's on um Brackenland. um and this is right around you know where both jamie and brienne are going to meet up again in dance i should say dance instead of feast um so he really brings their story kind of full circle from here like they kind of get to know one another in the riverlands and then they're gonna meet back up here again um, so they they find these women and they discover that it was actually Stark people who who hanged these women and this is kind of the beginning of Jamie sort of upending Brienne's um, you know kind of world view as far as chivalry goes but also you know her concepts of there are good guys and bad guys because um, it he, you know he's like ah, ha, ha, it was your side that did this terrible thing that you think is so horrific you know not mine um and then we have the scene of her climbing the tree to cut them down. I mean, like, I don't feel like she's as athletic in Feast as she is in Storm of Swords. Do you guys think she's as athletic? or?
1: I mean, she's sort of, I think this is sort of part of that whole, remember when Tyrion would, like, somersault and shit? Yes, like, it reminds oh, yeah. me of
2: that. It's not really based in reality. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that when I was reading it. I was like, this is just, because even visualizing, try to visualize her climbing that you know that she's racing across the top of the cliff? I mean, it seems really out there.
0: <laughs> it really does. She climbs this tree to, like, cut these ladies down, and then she, like, spots a sail coming up the river and realizes it's Tully colors, and she jumps out of the tree. like, it, like I'm like, how far does she jump? Kind of like she's Captain America or something. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> So they get back in their boat and they they start running down river and there's this chase scene um with the Tully the Tully uh guys chasing them. Um and they keep getting closer and closer and one thing I love about this um and I don't know if you guys noticed it too. I love the way that Jamie like verbally talks through like what they're looking at. He's like, "Okay, this is a the boat that's chasing us is about this big. This yeah, is about how yeah. many" <laughs> Um, They've probably got a couple extra guys to row. They're going to be tired, but they'll keep coming. He's like, they might have this many guys on there to fight, maybe 20 or 20. Like, he's just talking through the whole thing. And uh, Brienne doesn't say anything. She just kind of lets him talk. And he's clearly worrying. You know, he keeps kind of trying to take over (laughs) things. And she's finally just like, yeah, I said I'd protect you. I'm going to protect you. Like, quit. I I just love that there's this constant (laughs) dynamic of, like, fighting for control of their little group. And he's definitely got the smarts. I mean, that kind of stuff is that—that's like
2: calculating strategy. That's like stuff that shows that he's a good commander. You know what I mean? Yeah, those are things that you need. And in an intense moment, on the spot, like you can kind of hone in on things and details,
1: and you—you you kind of see like it's not like he ever tries to put Cleos in the spot of being the leader. You know, like <laughs> yeah. he is literally like <laughs> okay. he's a helper. You know, it's between the two, you know it's the two of them are in charge basically, yeah. and Cle- Cleos is just there. <laughs> he's just there, for Cleos.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, and it's funny because Jamie does seem to sense that she has some competency, but he just like he isn't sure. So he's like he's like I got to make sure she knows what's going on. You know, like, he doesn't even say that necessarily, but that's clearly what he's doing. Um, so and anyway.
2: she can I mean, she's so busy and tense on rowing. I mean, I think he's being helpful i don't think he's trying to like you know he's just doing what he needs to do in the moment
0: he just wants to survive i mean yeah. that's kind of the thing i mean like they they have somewhat similar goals jamie and Brian, but they also have somewhat disparate goals and that jamie's only goal right now is to survive and her goal is to get him back to king's yeah. And he talks about it in this chapter he's like why don't you just fucking take me to my father, who's, like, right over there, you know? Yeah. And rather than doing that, she's insisting on taking him to King's Landing because that's what Kat told her she had to do to make sure she got, you know, at least Sansa and hopefully Arya back.
1: Right. And, yeah. I mean, even if Tyone was still holding Harrenhal, like, here, you know, (laughs) she's getting killed. And, you know, there's no daughters coming back. That's what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, which Kat is smart enough to know. And, yeah. well, so is Brienne because she's not doing, you know, but he he knows. He's like, okay, I'm in trouble as long as we're wandering around out here, which is part of why he wants to disguise mm-hmm. who he is and everything. Yeah. You know? um, but he's like, she's going to get me killed. She's get- you, He doesn't say that, but you can just tell that's what he's worried about. So, anyway, uh, they finally start talking to the, the guys in the tully boat who catch up to him. And I love that this is... <laughs> How do you say this guy's name? Is it Robin Riger? I always want to say Riger, but I never know what George. Yeah,
1: that's how I, I think remember. of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love how snarky Jamie is here. I mean, like, he's <laughs> so funny. Um anyway, they they shoot some arrows at him. I love this is the first time that you really see how much Jamie hates um archers. Yeah, he
2: mentions it a few times. Uh.
0: He really hates them. <laughs> Um, and then we we get to the point where you know it's really clear that they're going to be caught by these guys. And Jamie's trying to figure a way out of it. He like even is he has this thought of oh you know if Tyrion were here he could think of something. But before he even knows what's going on, like Brienne gives some orders. She tells Cleos to take over the tiller and she tells Jamie to row. And they kind of go around this bend where the ship can't see him anymore. And she jumps out of the water and she's suddenly like scaling up this cliff face. <laughs> and this is I mean like. This is one of the more amazing moments, and this is why I get so upset. I mean, like, I realize the show probably could never have pulled this off.
2: Yeah, it would have looked ridiculous. Like, it, it would look yeah, great cool, in the reading about version.
1: It. <laughs> what, what did you say, God? It would look really great in the animated version. <laughs> like, oh,
0: amazing. <gasps> yes, this <laughs> is why I want an animated version. Yes. Is this exact scene? <laughs> yeah, <be> awesome. awesome. <laughs> but I love how Jamie is like, okay, I've got to distract, like. She doesn't even tell him her plan, but he just like immediately figures out what it is and he like he's like, Oh I gotta distract Robin Riger so that they don't shoot her down off of this cliff. Dude, and they everything. already have
2: like, chemistry as a team. They don't know they're really oh, yeah. a teamwork, what? but they are.
0: <laughs> so then she gets on top of the cliff and drops the boulder on the ship. And it starts to sink
2: and it's it's funny because you know people's legs are getting crossed and stuff but it it reads funny because you're reading it through like
1: jamie's <laughs> so it's Probably like you almost want to laugh so it's like... not hurt you know <laughs> i don't know why it's like
2: people flailing around of... in the water <laughs>
1: yeah like i kind of you know like and we see robin reiger later like he's one of the guys that gets sent you know presumably but i feel like really isn't going to the wall um when jamie takes river run so, I mean, you know, we know that a number of these guys for sure survive, they and, you know, they survived like, a whole shit ton of stuff, basically, at that <laughs> point. They're, you know, like, this dude was at River Run and didn't die at the Red Wedding and didn't, you know, like, he, Robin Wright like, made it through a lot of stuff. And so I wonder far. what they told people. Like,
2: you know, they would be telling people <laughs> some lady threw a boulder <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they even knew it was her? Do you think oh, they even knew they how it happened? might not even know. I wonder. Like, this buck of Boulder just really.
0: Like, <laughs> is JP the only one who actually knows what's That would be funny? He <laughs> might. I
2: mean, no songs about that.
1: Well, you know, like,
2: Cat
1: really wasn't in the mood to, like, hear any. You know, there's no fun. Like, there's nothing fun in Cat's chapters and swords, so. <laughs> You know, we never, you know, we never hear anything about. That. I think we we see them kind of come back in Kat's chapters, if I remember correctly, like sort of as an aside. I think when yeah she's visiting with her father when he's dying, so she's kind of out of touch and you know we, doesn't hear the we we don't have her hearing like castle rumors and stuff. Which this is the one time when it would have been maybe fun to have a Rob POV just because you know like they would have had to have fessed up to like. Rob. <laughs> And that would have been fun.
0: Yeah, it actually would have been fun. There are a few things that would have been fun from Rob's POV, but I yeah. guess we'll never know. Uh, so anyway, then Brienne, it's funny because Jamie thinks, oh, well, she's clear over there and just dropped that boulder. So we're, we're, we're going to get away from her, you know, but he doesn't realize she's already running back along the cliff and she's like running down river and, like, dives in and swims back to the boat, and he's got this oar, and he's thinking of just, like, knocking her out. He's like, oh, I'll get rid of her now, and he can't bring himself to do it.
1: I mean, that would be, like, a huge dick move to, like, kill her out. Jamie's capable of huge dick moves. Yeah, but, I mean, he doesn't actually do the dick moves, though, for the most part, like, other than Bran. But, I mean, that's, I guess, not really a dick move. But, I mean, (laughs) he'd just be pretty low. Like, she just saved them, and... You know it was awesome doing it he can't like hurt her
2: um yeah i feel like this was his moment you know like in the show we got him kind of heart eyes when she's killing those guys this was his heart you know you know if we could see his face there must have been like admiration at least there when she was like, <laughs> like awe. he was yeah. just diving <laughs> off the cliff like
1: he come on <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I always think this is why in feast, like he never considers that she'll fail at finding right. Sansa because uh, yeah. so he just, knows like, she's been tenacious. like an actual superhero
1: in front of him. <laughs> right. Like it's not. It's it's not like he's abdicating his responsibility in in having her search for Sansa. You know, he's literally like assigning a superhero to find her. Yeah, because she's like he's walking. You know, she's walking the walk. She's you know, just talking about. Yeah. she's doing it. <laughs> We're we gonna talk head. about um, all the times Jamie checks her out in the chapter. Well, I was gonna talk about that after. Oh I was just God. gonna
0: say one more thing though. I love when she gets in the boat, and he's like, you know, I he like he wants her to know. He's like, we could have left you, and she's like, <laughs> <laughs> she, she's like, I swore an oath to get you to King's Landing. Oh God, I love it. Like I just love how Brienne is just so relentless in like her quest. Like it's the most amazing
1: thing. Yeah, and here it's. You know we see the dark side of it in the next book, you know it's like yeah it's it's hard, ugh. ugh I just you know you get those those hints of beast and just how like relentless you know like the slow march to doom that yeah. it is
0: uh. maybe, okay, so yeah, no, let's talk about let's talk about the romantic stuff now because. <laughs> He, her, her,
1: her long her long calf muscles and her back and <laughs> all of the all of the things that he's attracted to despite that fact that she's super ugly
0: I love how he just like is watching her row and watching she
1: yeah, yeah.
0: rows and that then like how like, in the middle of the chase he's like noticing how beautiful her eyes are <laughs> I know Oh, that was amazing mm.
2: yeah she's hardcore man yeah you think about all that rowing oh god that's amazing I think most of us would be like enamored with her after
1: <laughs> right. oh. I, mean, it, it, I mean maybe a Cleo's POV would have been the fun one like actually oh, it would be kind of funny to see yeah. this Cleo's POV like, that, actually, if someone wants to write a fan, uh, you know, a oh, the tragic Overs. short <laughs> fan, you know, oh, like, you, know, the first, you know, the first three chapters of Storm of Swords through the eyes of Cleo's Frey, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which I mean, is mean, just I him silently that. being, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Because, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah, he, you know, we don't really see his... We don't really, you know, we only see him react to Brienne as, like, a highborn lady. You know, that's, he's very, you know, very courteous, very, you know, defer. obviously, like, defers to her. You know, Cleo seems like he was one of those, you know, born-to-serve kind of guys.
2: Yeah. He doesn't want to rock the boat.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, they definitely have that cackling, like, crackling, not cackling, (laughs) cackling chemistry. (laughs) Yeah.
0: it is, I just feel like it's some of the best like back and forth dialogue that George ever writes
1: is some of their stuff, oh yeah, well, I think it doesn't you know it doesn't take Jamie very long to sort of consider i mean he considers her an equal like almost immediately, and you know how many people does Jamie Lannister consider yeah. like you know or treat how many people does he That's treat as an equal I mean think forward into feast when he's at you know at river run and he's you know, dealing with, you know, the fr- all these frays and all these other people. And, I mean, he really, there's, I mean, from non-family members, you kind of see, yeah, he treats Kat like that. He frankly treats Titus Blackwood like that. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, a very precious, and I mean, you know, there's a very precious few people that he, you know, that he treats that way, and they genuinely, you know, they seem like they kind of fit the bill of being pretty authentic, you know, Kat, couldn't Cat I don't think could have an inauthentic moment in her life. <laughs> She's just yeah. It's not in there. her and you know Titus Blackwood is very, you know, he's not he's there's nothing deceptive about the man. He's very matter of fact and you know pretty pretty open and brand, you know, at this point in her life, anyway, yeah, she couldn't. She can't hide any. You know, she can't hide her disdain for him. She can't pretend anything. And it no. seems like you know that's something that he he values in in other people, not just in you know not just in Briam, but his interactions with everyone. Like to get his respect, you kind of you kind of have to not bullshit him. Yeah, well, and, and you see it here with Cleos. I, you know, I, that's what I always say.
0: It's just like Cleos is there to show you what it's like when Jamie really doesn't like somebody. When he really thinks that they're, you know, despicable people.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't <laughs> think the he thinks about, he thinks about is Cleos despicable. is I think he's just, like, doesn't think, you know, he's anything special.
0: Oh, no, I think he thinks he's despicable. I think he thinks he's a suck-up and all the things oh, that Jamie well, he is just a
1: suck up. hates. Yeah, that's true, and Jamie does hate. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Mate. Poor Cleos.
0: <laughs> I know. I do feel bad for Cleos because I don't think he's a bad guy at all. Um, <laughs> anything else about this sparkling first chapter of jamie's
1: just yeah it's really hard to like not you know and there's a long there's a long space in between jamie one and jamie two in a storm of swords and it's like god how did you you know if you're reading this for the first time it just had to be like you're dying to get to the next chapter of it (laughs) You know, as much as you want to read about the characters who you've already been in their POV, yeah. it's really like, oh my gosh, no, I really like this. I want this story. It was refreshing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's absolutely, yeah, absolutely refreshing. I think that's a great way to put it. So
0: anyway, we highly recommend that you start reading it. Um, definitely read Jamie's chapters.
1: Uh, so, do we have uh, any mail today? We do have some mail. Um, we've got a few emails actually I'll start with um, some Tumblr messages we got Um, we have an anonymous on Tumblr who says I'm not sure who it was that mentioned the vintage Trivial Pursuit but my family had the same outdated set and once my cousin flipped the table over a West (laughs) slash East Germany question (laughs) So so that was my family that still has that somewhere um Someday I'll have to get some someday in the next time I'm at my mom's house I'll have to get some pictures of our racist Titanic game. Oh, and um <laughs> so see if anyone can share oh. that as well. Oh god. <laughs> it's it's really bad.
2: Oh my gosh. Uh,
1: it was it's really bad, but it's like an extremely well designed game. If anyone has it's the the old school seventies Titanic board game, you'll know exactly what I'm talking
2: about. Oh god. I've never <laughs> heard of this. Though. <laughs>
1: it's, it's pretty just just say there's a lot of stereotypes in the names oh, of God. the passengers. Oh, no. Oh, it's horrible. It's <laughs> a creature oh. of its time. Yeah. Oh, my um, goodness. Uh, Kaylee B. Kaylee Bai wrote on Tumblr, great drunk cast episode. Um, I was wondering if you could further expound upon what you know or heard about NC Double, NC Nikolai. I was seeing Nikolai and Gwen now. <laughs> wanting to kiss or do the love scene in episode four, I had not heard this before. You guys mentioned it on the podcast. I'm curious if that is why the scene of them actually kissing is so short. Do you think they asked for that? And if so, why would they? Seems odd to me. I think it was just an offhand comment in an article. I was feel like it was awkward. We it was just drunk like and when we. When
2: yeah, we yeah. About... I mean, it was just an article where he was say? like, it was just awkward, and you know, he was probably
0: just people say that.
2: A lot of actors say that. Oh yeah, we were friends.
0: Well, the kiss was, was so awkward because yeah. they wouldn't yeah. actually kiss. They did that corner mouth business.
1: And I think it's, I mean, if you're asking sober me, I'm saying that like when everyone on earth says that you in a relationship have this incredible chemistry with your co-star married, you um, are probably like pretty careful about what you put out there.
0: Yeah. You probably aren't saying I was so excited to do that yeah, sex scene. But I, was,
1: I mean, I'm thinking with
0: my coworker of eight years.
2: I mean, think of yeah. all the interviews I've heard, chemistry with, and you know, blah blah. blah. Yeah, yeah, nothing he said was out of the normal. Like I'm thinking about all the interviews I've heard of actors in that situation, and like the, I think the only one there was like a Keanu. And uh, Winona Ryder one that I randomly saw recently from like a oh, year ago yeah. they, and they were like we loved each other we had crushes on each other we still have crushes on each other I mean who says that you know, <laughs> you know yeah. laugh. and they were probably half joking too you know nobody says that like what the hell yeah
1: but I, yeah I mean I do think there's some probably truth to just the you know if if there was no chem- if there wasn't like extreme chemistry I think no one cares but you know you, you gotta be careful but who
2: wants no chemistry because that's like Lena and Nikolai that was like ugh. Right. Right. I mean, with the kissing. literally yeah.
1: they can like do whatever. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, yeah, you you know, no one's ever going to think anything of it.
2: Yeah. And that doesn't even mean people hate each other. It's just they don't have chemistry no. that way. You know what I mean? Right. They obviously right. seem like they like, like each other and they're friends, but they just like didn't a have Kit. Like, yeah, they,
1: yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just yeah. not they yeah. don't have to like tone it down because they you know, they don't have to yeah, be careful about things. Um We have another Anon who says, Do you ever feel that everyone, including D&D, overestimated how much George knew about his own endgame? The others aren't in the final battle? Nine-year-old Bran becomes the king of Westeros, even if it's it's even true. I can't even imagine how he begins to write towards that ending. Anyway, I love you guys, and I'm excited to fall in love with JB all over again. Hmm. I mean, I don't think they overestimated. I just think, like they had nothing, you know, they had very little to go by and when given very little to go by, they tend to not do well.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, yeah, I think he told them what he knew. I just think he didn't, you know, maybe this is what the person saying he didn't know enough. Maybe that is definitely possible.
1: Yeah. Um, we have a couple, we have a couple of emails. We have, um, Adriana, who writes, Hi, ladies, and apparently now regular gents. I discovered your podcast sometime last year and really enjoy it. The genuine mirth that comes across is different from any of the others I listen to. Well, not so much the mirth the last couple of months during season eight, I guess.
0: (laughs) Oh. Uh,
1: Yeah. Anyway, I've been listening to the latest episode and heard one of you. I forgot which now. Say she's the only one who's been asking what John will be like when he comes back. If you haven't heard Lu- Lucifer Means Lightbringer talk about this, he does at some length. I've heard others refer to it, but I think he's the one who's gotten into it into it the most of the people I listen to. Um, thanks for the podcast. Yeah, I don't think that we think, like, we're the only ones wondering. I think we were just thinking more like um, the show never brought it up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They didn't. They really did not address the undead. Like, they would make jokes about
1: it. Yeah but not to the extent of like if actually if we you know if you knew someone came back from the dead like you don't you wouldn't get over that right they're they're not uh,
2: good that's the thing they were totally bad at which is crazy because you think as writers the psychological aspect and there was that big article about it you know the different styles of writing and they I mean that's they were not good at this they were not giving us the the psychological effects of losing a hand the psychological effects of someone coming back from the dead I mean all these things are ripe for amazing dialogue and interesting you know arcs and yeah they just weren't good at it
0: they were so plot driven those two they didn't
1: and then the plot was I mean it's one thing to be plot driven if your plot has like (laughs) if your plot is like tightly connect you know like because there's writing that the plot is like it and it's super tightly connected and you can yeah. appreciate that. But I mean, they just drop so many plot points too. Like, so then you didn't have the character development and you didn't have a plot. So just you fucking really
2: up left and right.
1: <laughs> yeah. You really had nothing. And I mean, the reaction, you know, certainly goes along with that. Um, we have an email from our last emails is an email from Wendy who wrote in and Um, Hello everyone, I'm from Costa Rica And I started listening to your podcast recently Because I have a complicated relationship With Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire (laughs) And I always go on and off with the story However, I absolutely love Jamie and Brienne. Both are dynamic and them as individual characters. So I returned for a disappointing season eight. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> yet I yet I think for doing the reread I thank you for doing the reread and keeping it going. I can't wait to listen to your thoughts because I don't know anyone who loves JB as much as, as I do. And you guys are a source of knowledge and fun in these trying times. And there's so much meaty stuff in the books that I love. And um you know, she she went back and read Cat's Final chapter in A Clash of Kings, and um, you know, just like some of the com- some of- She has like a bunch of bullet pointed comments, which I won't read all of them, but like, we so, you know, one of them she quotes, I saw them playing children from towers to improve their health. Yes, That's I meant funny. for him to die. And you know, Wendy comments, the nerve of this fucko, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> um, <laughs> and just has an interesting thought about, um, you know, how Jamie's kind of go to. With women is, you know, when he's vulnerable to a woman, you know, he kind of makes them uncomfortable by saying, you know, basically, do you want, you know, you want to fuck me? Like that's totally his go-to. <laughs> which, you know, with the, we've totally seen that with both Kat and Brienne. Um, and then she read Jamie, Jamie one, and has a has a bunch of bullet points too. um yeah, like you know I forgot Jamie gets the Jean Valjean look by shaving his head and keeping his beard <laughs> which he, <laughs> um uh, she called you know Bran calls him Kingslayer so he shames her with the only thing he shames women with apparently which is sex it's such an odd thing in his mouth because you know he's loyal to Cersei and that up front he did it with Catelyn too but you know how this is gonna come back and fight him later <laughs> um He keeps staring at her sheer size and muscles, and from the start, I was like, hello? He describes no one else in those terms, which is actually a very good Yeah. Like, he does not, like... Yes. And I think it's funny when people, like, replace Brienne with, like, Adam Marbrand, like, the way he (laughs) talks about, like, physically. Yes!
0: Yes! Um, Oh, my God! It's so true. You know, well, at, and it's like look at look at what his description his physical descriptions were of Cleos, yeah. which is like a sentence.
2: Exactly. <laughs> and Cleos is Rowan too. He didn't go on about his sweaty brow like, like, or his <laughs> muscles and, you know, Which would be
1: really hilarious if that's just like how he talked about everyone. Um, uh, you know, she says, I don't know how much of Jamie's stuff with Cersei is both for ignorance and how much is the fact that he's been at this for so long. He talks about Cersei and what she does to him and you can gather from context she's pretty manipulative and that she's obsessed with how similar they look like he's an extension of herself you know what what do you guys feel about this I
2: mean, well at this point yeah. he still has that illusion about her you know he hasn't been he hasn't found about the cheating he you know there's things that haven't happened yet at this point he's still you know under that kind of that spell of like his fantasy
0: of what it is and but it inv- is funny how even here he knows he's like oh she's not going to be happy that I don't look as much like her.
1: But I mean given what we see of her in Feast when he's sort of unleashing himself from her like she's just outraged like she kind of strikes me as she would probably go off the handle at him like all the time
2: oh yeah that she was definitely controlling and that he knew she'd be upset about certain things and he he, like you were saying he had to a certain extent at least at this point know that she part of the appeal was that she was sort of this mirror in her mind of him
1: Yeah.
0: Well, that's it. He knows on some level that that's part of it. I mean, like, he's thinking it here. I mean, like, imagine being in the position that he's in and of all the thoughts to have to think, oh, shit, she is not going to like it, that I don't look as much like her anymore. I mean, it's like, not like, oh, "Oh, she's going to be so happy I'm going to get back to her after all this time or anything like that. It's kind of sad. It kind of is sad. I
2: mean, talking about abuse. Oh, Jesus.
1: And again, I think it goes back to, too, like what was he thinking about in that cell for all that time you know he's obviously been mulling aries a lot but also i think you know thinking about cersei and like the fact that she's kind of shitty at him basically
2: yeah kind of reassessing things oh my god that's a
1: psychological.
2: god i mean i don't even know if george fully gets into it that's pretty ptsd inducing like if
0: he was sort of in a solitary confinement god
1: Oh, you well, know, I mean could...
0: when you start talking to yourself,
1: yes, you're yeah. you're
0: having some issues.
1: Yeah. Well and like when your when your coping mechanism is to go away inside and you're isolated oh, like that, like has, it's like yeah. double oh. you know, double going away and, oh, and how does he yeah, what does he do? Especially
2: for someone who likes to talk as much as he likes to talk, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you had like a quiet person there oh my god
0: yeah it's like Jamie does not strike you as a naturally like contemplative person so yeah that was a lot yeah. of time yeah, alone that's true. that's true
2: that could have you know been a major part of the, the, the change in you know sort of attitude towards her and you know because you could even uh, that's probably next chapter
1: <laughs> I was like this?
2: <laughs> yeah um, it's coming Wendy
1: wraps up with you know a couple more you know like tons of great of great things Wendy you know we totally appreciate the email Um, she says sorry this email is just too long now but I need to get this off my chest so thank you so much for providing a fun space to think about these two characters and their stories and i hope you have a good week oh thank oh, you
2: that's always good to hear because you know guys, i don't have email. yeah i don't have a lot of people in in real life that i could talk to about them like i do sometimes with my family but after a while they glaze over so it's always cool to hear that we're providing what sort of
1: provides for me or i'm sure
2: you know all of us sort of have that it's a it's a way to meet you know so so,
1: <laughs> so funny Funny story today. I'm I get a text message from a friend of mine, and I'm gonna read it because it's I, I don't remember exactly what it said, <laughs> but it was really confusing to me. And, and again, you guys might not you might be the only people that would understand this. <laughs> um, she just texts me and says, "Well, I guess we didn't have the worst JB experience ever." And, like, this is a friend that I don't think has ever watched the show or read the books or knows that I do this podcast or knows anything. So, I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> is she talking about? Like, what are you talking about? I haven't, I, I haven't had a chance to respond, but I'm like, I don't really, like, what are you talking about? then I realized after, like, you know, half an hour of, like, what the hell? It was the worst Jimmy Buffett experience oh, because oh oh Buffett years ago. Oh, my and God. At I we, thought you were going to say Justin Bieber. No, we we went on a party bus, but we basically, like, there were four or five of us, and we got the last seats on a bus that a group of people had already rented, so it was like all of these, like, super lame people that this was, like, their one big night out, and then us, who didn't know any of them, oh and goodness. it was awful. And apparently, unfortunately, there I think it was in the Dominican Republic that um, there was a Jimmy Buffett concert that a bunch of people apparently got, or a tour that was going to it, and a bunch of people got seriously ill. Oh gosh. <laughs> that's what he was referring oh. to. And it was like, JB, like, what? That's really funny. Somebody found out. <laughs> like, like, oh my god, I'm exposed. Like, I think the level of exposure was what would have disturbed <laughs> my... <laughs> Yeah, no, Buffett, that's, that's another JB, but <laughs> it also could be Justin Bieber. So funny. Yeah. Took me a while. Like, how could JB stand for I can't,
0: I can't tell you how many other JBs I would have guessed before I would have hit Jimmy Buffett. 20. <laughs>
1: well, I was, you know, putting it in connection with her. I'm like, maybe? Oh, Jimmy Buffett. But uh, yeah, it took a while. So, yeah. That, that's, I, I, board games and Jimmy Buffett.
0: <laughs> oh, good times. Guys, we love to get your mail, and this is why. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so please um, do send us more. Um, you can email us at closethedoorand at gmail.com, or you can send us just an anonymous message that doesn't require you to sign into anything on our Tumblr, which is closethedoorandcomehere.tumblr.com. Um, you can always <laughs> hit up Kyle on Twitter at close the door. Is it Just Close the Door? Just, no, it's End. just Door Podcast. Oh, oh Door, door podcast. podcast. Oh, I forgot. See, oh. I always fuck this shit up. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we're always appreciative of our um, patrons on Patreon, and you can find us on Patreon. And I think it's patreon.com forward slash close the door. Yeah, um, and yeah. of course, you can always find us, like, review us and everything on Stitcher and iTunes and Google Play and everywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Is there anything else I'm forgetting? Um, I always just forget. that
1: I, you know... Check out our Twitter and our Tumblr to see um, short, the Jamie Jamie's first chapter art. It's definitely worth um, checking out, and we will continue to post post that art as we as we receive it as we move along with the chapters. But yeah, you definitely want to see want to see this first one. It's pretty awesome.
0: Please do check it out. It's really really cool.
1: I loved it. Oh, we should probably mention the thriving Jamie Brienne subreddit. <laughs> um, Just, it's I mean, I. Self- well I, I just say that because you know there's the the Jamie brand subreddit, and until season eight it was you know it was a small community there'd be like a couple posts and it's kind of exploded, so there's a lot of um there's a lot of good discussion there as well
0: there is, and I completely forgot to do a a thread for this podcast, but we're gonna be putting up threads for our podcast so you can ask us like uh questions before the episode as we go through these chapters so you can find those threads on... It would be reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Jamie Brienne. Um, and, you know, it's pretty easy to get a Reddit account and no one is picky about anything there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a nice and place then to Then you can go to cool things like power washing porn.
0: <laughs> 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 that too. You're
1: not on Reddit oh already. <laughs> <another, like, laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Oh, Guys, I'm so happy to be doing book stuff it's again nice. I can't even. it's
2: really nice
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay thanks for podcasting guys i'm closing the door get out